Today's episode is brought to you by the Frankenmuth Convention and Visitors Bureau. Come plan your vacation at frankenmuth.org. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Call of Leadership podcast, where we interview people from our Michigan community who answered the call of leadership. We'll hear their powerful stories and get their advice so that we can be better leaders for ourselves, our families, and in our communities. I am your host, Cliff Duvinois. Today's guest is a fixture throughout the Michigan community. He was literally born into the service industry, both in a business sense and in a community sense. Being a part of the Bavarian Inn Zender family, he started serving customers when he was still a small boy. And from there, he has grown into his current role that oversees the entire Bavarian Inn Zender family business. This includes the aforementioned Bavarian Inn, the Motor Lodge, the Leather Shop, the Cheese Shop, and River Place. He also serves on the College Advisory Board and the Board of Fellows for SVSU, as well as numerous other philanthropic causes. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show the president of the Frankenmuth Bavarian Inn, Bill Zender. Bill, how are you? I'm wonderful. And yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Why don't you talk to us or tell us about what it was like to grow up in the restaurant business? Well, as a, my first real memory was as a young boy, I broke my foot and I'm in maybe four or five years old and I was on a cart in the kitchen. And my mother would roll me around as she was checking food and checking things in the kitchen. And so we, unfortunately, my mom is still alive at 98. So we reminisce about that uh, every once in a while that, you know, I had that little cart. So I've been in the, our kitchen and in our restaurant, uh, other than college and the army uh, for a couple of years, I've uh, always been here in Frankenmuth and always enjoyed the hospitality industry both for the, the guests that we interact with and, of course, our team members who are a crucial part of the success of our business. That's true. And, and I know that growing up in the restaurant businesses, and this is something that your, your family has just been just an integral part of, especially throughout the Frankenmuth uh, community, what was it like to follow in, in the footsteps of your parents? Well, my, my dad was a, a great leader and a, a, an exceptional listener. I mean, he would uh, respect the opinions of our, our, us kids and he'd listen and would discern the, uh, the best avenue to go. He was inspirational in his ideas. My mom is the one that really was the, uh, the model of work ethic. She would uh, always be in the kitchen and had a passion for that and, and still does. She's a little disappointed that she has with this corona thing, hasn't had the opportunity to, to be in our kitchen much the last couple of months. They were role models as to how to run a business, but also role models as to how a husband and wife interact with each other in business. And my wife, Karen, and I are fortunate that uh, we're 45 plus years married and work together. We had good role models in both her parents and my parents on the importance of a good relationship with your your spouse. Certainly. And I know that you're heavily involved with education and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but what do you think is the real impact of having good role models of being able to see by example? Well, you know, this, this podcast is about leadership and, you know, we have the opportunity to learn from leaders throughout history, whether it's Abraham Lincoln, 
you know, how did he act? How did he think? How did he respond to issues? George Washington, Jesus Christ. I mean, you, you've got all, all the role models that we can look to and we can read about them. We can read autobiographies. We can uh, learn from their behavior and we can try and model that in some cases, learn what they did good, try not to make the same mistakes that they may have made. Or, and, and so I, I think that the leadership is learning from others and continuing. You heard me have this little quote earlier about green and growing or ripe and rotting. And I think it's a, a leader has to continue to research, to look at new ways. You know, I ask you a lot of questions about podcasts because that's not something that my generation grew up with. But, you know, I hope to keep learning and, and from, from you and from other people and, and other leaders throughout history. That's excellent. And I actually love that answer because sitting on my bookshelf right now, it is probably half of my bookshelf is dedicated to biographies and autobiographies of not only the people that you mentioned earlier, but a lot of others like Sir Richard Branson or Andrew Carnegie or Henry Ford, because I'm, I'm always interested in these, these people throughout history that have achieved great things. So I, I'm, I'm really glad that you spent some time highlighting that. When you graduated from high school, you decided to, you've already staked your claim in the hospitality business. Why did you choose to go to Michigan State University to pursue your bachelor's? Well, Michigan State had way back then, back in the 60s and 70s, their program was called the Hotel Restaurant Institutional Management. Now it's called the, the School of Hospitality Business. And uh, that's about all I knew. You know, I've always had a, a passion for other things like uh, hunting and fishing and animals. And I thought once about being a veterinarian, but there's a lot of science involved in that. And, <laughs> and I, I was I was better at cooking than I was at uh, maybe dissecting it. And <laughs> it was just kind of a natural fit for me. At the time, when I decided on Michigan State, an uncle of mine, my dad's brother, was a college professor and taught at Michigan State. By the time I got enrolled there, he had transferred to a different university, I think in either Tallahassee, Florida, or maybe it was in California. But uh, so we had had some affiliation and, and my sister Judy also went through that program. We're, we're pretty green and white in our family, being that my wife has a degree from Michigan State in business also, and, and all four of our children have degrees there and a couple of master's degrees coming out of there. So Excellent. And so I'm going gonna, gonna to challenge you a little bit on your, on your green and white there, because I, I know you got your MBA from U of M. Why did you decide to chase your MBA? A cousin of mine who is a big U of M law school guy, and I'm trying can't remember how it works. I got an education from Michigan State and a degree from U of M. Ooh. So something like that. But you know, I got my MBA. I was quite a lot older. I mean, I was uh, in my forties before I went back and did that. And it, it was I, I still feel very strong. It was a very good thing to do. I probably should have done it sooner because it it I think broadened my perspective a little bit and expanded my vision and horizon. I've always been real interested in education. I, I served on our local elementary school board, on our school board. I've been involved with Michigan State's hospitality school for years. Now I'm real involved with SVSU. I taught there for a couple of years back. And uh, education is important to me. And I think it should be important to everybody. I mean, as I said, you got to be green and growing or ripe and rotting. And, you know, you got to 
learn about education and, and, and learn new things continually because the world is always changing. You're absolutely right. The world is constantly changing. What do you think the impact of having your bachelor's, having your master's has had on running the Bavarian Zender family business? Well, I, I think that, you know, you, you, you learn the accounting, you learn the finance, you learn the operations management and the human resource stuff, but it gives you a, a background. It doesn't give you the total education for sure, but maybe it gives you the vocabulary that you can then when you meet with consultants, whether it's the CPAs that do our audits or whatever, you know, you can communicate with them because you understand what debits and credits are and assets and, you know, it, it gives you the foundation, but you still need to really delve into the details in, in the operation of a business. And that comes with time and, and with service in the job. Sure. Sure. Excellent. And I know we've kind of hit on this a couple of times throughout the podcast, and I'd like to do a little bit more of a deep dive. I know that you said that you're heavily involved in education. You've been working a lot with SVSU. Why is that? Well, you know, SVSU is an asset to this community, to this region for sure. And it, I probably got real involved in the SVSU. Maybe it's, what was it? 15 years ago. Maybe it's 20 already. When they started to uh, set up a program, it's now called the Stevens Center for Family Business, where about four or five times a year, they'll have speakers that come in and we get to meet. We work with the different family businesses in the, the Great Lakes Bay region. It's an excellent program. And I was really involved in it way back when it started 15, 20 years ago. And, you know, you, you term out of that. But then I, I taught there for about four years. And I taught to managing family business. And the reason I guess I did that, I mean, it was time consuming and I, I didn't like grading papers any more than the students like writing them. But <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the interaction with, with uh, the college age kids. And all of our daughters had grown up and, and were out of college. And, and so I didn't have that stimulation from them anymore. And it, it, it was fun. I enjoyed it. And it, and the, the SVSU program that Stevens Center for Family Business is, is very viable. Uh, my niece, Martha, right now is the uh, chairman of that committee. And there, there's staff there. and It's connected with the university. And it, it's, a, it's a real asset. And I've got to meet a lot of the different families in this area. The, 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 from Glass Tender, that, that family. The people from uh, York Electric in Bay City, the the Houseback Pickle people, and and it's it's really you know of these different family businesses, but you don't really have close interaction with them as we've been able to do sure. the SVSU program. Now, throughout your time at the SVSU and teaching, and a lot of it, well, I'm sure that it's probably an equal balance of theoretical plus real world experiences because sure. you you have lived this you know, basically yeah. all your life. Was there, was there any time throughout the, the class periods where, you know, you shared a lesson with somebody and they came back to you and said, you know what, Bill, I'm so glad you shared that with us because we were struggling with that in our business or we were able to use your knowledge to move our business forward. Was there any kind of interaction like that? Probably one of the things that, that stood out the most in, in that involvement way back when is when our daughter Amy was in college, so she's the oldest daughter, so she's 43 now, and she was a good writer. So as a family, 
we decided that we needed to write a family creed. Amy was the editor, but you know, all the different family members, my sister Judy, my wife Karen, and my mom and dad. This creed basically was a, a document that we would share with the next generation of our family as to what we feel the values are, what is important to us as a business, why do we think that you should act and, and behave in this the way? And it had a lot of detailed kind of things in there, like, you know, we expected them to get a, a four-year degree in, in something and, and to work someplace else for a couple of years before they came back to work for the family businesses, stay away from drugs and alcohol and, and, and all kinds of different stuff. So when the Stephen Center for Family Business started up and, and we had the opportunity to share our family creed with other families as they were developing that. And when, when we wrote our family creed, we borrowed a lot of the information from some printing company in Ann Arbor. I can't even remember what the name of the company was. I had conversations with the, the guy and, you know, it's, it's you learn from other people. And what did they do and, and what is relevant for your family and what's relevant for your industry and your business. And so it's been fun sharing with uh, different different families what works. And, and they've shared back with us as to what works on process-based leadership as a system that we document and, and keep track of different objectives throughout the years. And, and so it's been a, a good experience. That's excellent. I've, I've actually never heard of that before. So I'm, I'm going to have to dig into that a little bit more after this, after this podcast episode is, is over. But I, I really do appreciate the fact that you and your family actually sat down to, to document and to write down that those values that you hold dear, because I think the values that you have personally are also the values that help steer uh, your company through the good times and the bad times. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, it's now, you know, in bad times like we're, we're experiencing right now, that you have to go back to, okay, what's important to us? What are my personal values? What is our corporate values? What's our purpose? And you, you got to be grounded in those pillars as you continue to think about how we move forward and, and how we continue to operate a business. One of our philosophies, you know, a lot of times in, in businesses, some of them want to, to build it up and sell it, spin it off or close it or, or whatever. You ask about my mom and dad and years ago, they went to a seminar and they came back and with a little plaque and it's still down in Tiny's room, which is my dad's name, uh, the, this business shall continue forever. So hmm. that, that's a, a pretty strong statement. So what do we do to make sure this business continues forever? And it's not uh, something that we take lightly, but it's, it's the long-term focus that we have. And, and yeah. Yeah. And I agree with that because it seems like in the time that I spent in Southern California, every time that you know, I would get involved with a business, someone would always say, okay, so if we're going to start a business, what's our exit strategy? And I'm always thinking to myself, we haven't even made one sale yet. You guys are already talking about how you're going to sell the business. I mean, I, you know, I was confused by that. I'm, I've always been a long-term play kind of guy as far as, you know, what I build, I want to make sure that it's going to be here a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, 50 years from now, ideally. Speaking of making sure that your, your business is moving forward is going to be there in the long term. I know that, that your kids have become heavily involved with the, the business as well. For you, what is it like knowing that your kids are becoming a very instrumental part 
in growing the the Bavarian Inn Zender family business. Who is the general manager of the Bavarian Inn restaurant, uh, an exceptional leader in and of herself. She's done a phenomenal job as leading the rest of our team through all the decisions that we need to make on a day in and day out basis with the, this coronavirus thing. And I'm very proud of, of her and the work she's done. And she's a, a bright, intelligent mother also. I mean, she's got two kids, two grandkids that we're finally getting to see a little bit again. Our younger daughter, Karen and I, my wife and I have four daughters. Two of them are involved in the business. Our younger daughter just had a baby here a year ago now. So she is more involved in the marketing and the retail operation of our business. But there's about 10 years difference in age between them, the two. Then my, my sister, Judy, two of her children are also involved in the, our operation. Michael Keller, Zender, and Martha. It's heartwarming because if we want to say this business shall continue forever, we need to have somebody that's uh, taken yes. over after, after Judy and I, as, as you know, we're, we're not spring chickens anymore either. And we got to make sure that we perpetuate this business by training and developing and supporting them in their activities and endeavors and, and their, their challenges that befall them. Today's episode is brought to you by the Frankenmuth Convention and Visitors Bureau. German architecture, chicken dinners, and the world's largest Christmas store are just the beginning. Frankenmuth is quickly becoming known for so much more than chicken and Christmas. From trendy dining to timeless horse-drawn carriage rides, kayaking to adventure parks, ballparks, water parks, regular parks, sweet Moses, there's a lot to do in one trip to Frankenmuth. Visit the must-sees of Little Bavaria, then grab your crew and find something new waiting to be discovered. Pack a picnic blanket, order takeout from your favorite place, and let your kids delight in exploring while soaking up the little moments in life. Join the generations of families in our hotels during the 175th anniversary season in 2020. The perfect road trip awaits you. Start planning your unforgettable family vacation at frankenmuth.org. Now, back to the show. Sure. And speaking of challenges, I know that right now we're in the middle of this stay-at-home mandate. Businesses are closed, restaurants and bars are closed. And within the next few weeks, we're, we're set to start having those restrictions lifted so people can start going out. And I know one of the things that my fiance and I talk about quite a bit is where we're going to go, you know, because we, we miss going out to dinner. We miss those little things. And from yourself, because I know with your family actually running a restaurant, a key restaurant in the Frankenmuth area, what are three key things that people should be aware of if they're going to go out and dine out with their families and yet be able to feel safe about doing so? Well, I think that, you know, we've, we've got about a 40-page document that we put together on protocols for our, our team and whether it's face mask and health. And, and so I, I think when, when guests start coming back, they, they should wear a mask to, to protect themselves, to protect our team. And I think that they should be extremely appreciative of the team members who are here. You know, they haven't been working for two months. Maybe it's going to be three by the time we get all through with this. And I don't think, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out there, there's shortages of some foods some food products that, you know, what's our menu going to look like? It, it might change daily because we don't have some products. 
That's true. Maybe, maybe the, the guests have to be a little bit more understanding that it isn't going to be exactly like it was. We're going to try and be as hospitable as we can, but it's a little hard to, to see the, the facial expression on your waitress as she comes to the table when she's got a mask on. That's um, true. So we're, we're trying to work through all these things and, and expect to have that happen. You, you read stories about the, the conflicts that some people are having as they go into different bars or, or the dollar store, they shoot somebody. I mean, it's just crazy. So, you know, be respectful of the, 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 the hospitality employee that you're greeting. They're having uh, challenges themselves and their family and their personal lives. We're all going to be doing the, the absolute best job that we can with the circumstances that are before us. And, you know, we've been in, in the hospitality industry a long time. And my father and grandfather had experienced uh, different business crises over the years. But as I just read something a day or so ago that, you know, especially leaders often when you're evaluating uh, yourself and, and what you're doing, you know, the question is asked, well, where do you see yourself in five years? What do you see yourself doing? Well, five years ago, nobody saw yes. themselves dealing with what we're dealing now. So that's why you got to have solid values. You got to have solid principles. You got to have a, an inner purpose for your, your business and for yourself and fall back on those and that'll get you through it. Yes, amen to that. And I know that as it's going up and, and yourself, just like a lot of other businesses out there are going to be really doing your best to make sure that you take care of your guests. So as, as we wrap up this interview, if any member of our audience wants to connect with you or following anything that you're doing online, what would be the best way for them to do that? You know, they can go to BavarianInn.com. That's our website. And, you know, we monitor that continually. You know, I'm Bill Zender. They can contact me. Uh, I'm not a real big Facebook guy. So some of the uh, social media stuff, I'm learning how to use it and, and do it. Uh, this is the first Zoom meeting I've had where I haven't been live on Zoom. So it's a little different. <laughs> but, you know, I'm adapting, I, I think, pretty well to the, the technology. So, yeah, they can just contact bavarianin.com. Uh, and we'll, we'll get back in touch with them. Excellent. Uh, thank you so much for your time today, Bill. I know you're, you're very busy, especially with everything that is going on right now. But, you know, thank you once again for your time today. I really do appreciate it. You bet. And, you know, Cliff, when you're ready to come back to restaurants and we're ready to open and you and your fiance want to do that, of course, come see me here at the Bavarian Inn. I'd love to meet you in person and do, do an elbow bump if we can't do a handshake. You know what, Bill? I, I'm looking forward to that. I really am. And we're definitely going to make that happen. So thank you very much. Okay, sounds good. Have a great day. Hey, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, then subscribe to our email newsletter. When you subscribe, you'll get new episode announcements. You'll get all kinds of great behind the scenes information on upcoming guests. Plus, you'll receive special offers from our guests and partners that you can only get through the email newsletter. Subscribing is quick, easy, and best of all, it is free. Just go to callofleadership.com slash email, type in your email address, and you're done. Once again, that's callofleadership.com slash email. I'll catch you in the next episode.